I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Sucker Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, goal! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta soccer tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Welcome to our weekly show. Now on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock, we cover soccer in Atlanta, in Georgia, all over the Southeast, all over the United States, all over the world. That's what we do. And this is an international break, so there is stuff literally from all over the world that we're going to talk about tonight. Some of you might be either getting into your cars, or you might have already left the Mercedes-Benz Stadium if you went to Mexico and Uzbekistan. If you left a little early, you missed some interesting things happening at the end. Uzbekistan draws 3-3 with Mexico at the Benz tonight. Uzbekistan was leading 2-1 at halftime. Mexico came back to make it 3-2 in the 88th minute, you think it's all done, even if the, the goals were kind of fluky. You think it's all done at that point. No, it is a free kick golazo from a narrow angle for Uzbekistan to get a 3-3 draw against Mexico. Jaime Lozano just got into the seat. The seat might be a little warm. I don't know. Just knowing the Mexican media, it might be an interesting evening on your ESPN Deportes and Today N.A. It's going to be a wild one. U.S. right now 2-0 up over Oman in St. Paul, Minnesota. That one looks a little more comfortable, and maybe there's some different feelings about the U.S. 3-0 win over Uzbekistan from the weekend after their 3-3 draw with Mexico. Find out. The big story, though, on AST tonight is who's coming to town on Saturday. Inter-Miami and Lionel Messi coming to Atlanta to face Atlanta United It's not just a big game because the GOAT is coming to town. And yes, I think he is the best player to ever play the game. It's debatable, absolutely. And Atlanta has seen a GOAT come to town in the soccer world before. Pelé came and played the Atlanta Chiefs with Santos in 1968. And you could absolutely claim that that Pelé was the best player in the world in 1968 when he came to Atlanta. And that was a show. And that was a big deal, and that was an exhibition, and it was the biggest soccer crowd that Atlanta ever had for a match involving an Atlanta team until Atlanta United debuted. It was a huge deal in 1968. There were a lot of people in the building that night who had probably never seen a soccer game before, didn't even really know the rules at that time. Now look, it's a different time in 2023, but there's going to be a lot of casual fans in the building on Saturday night. That's a big opportunity for Atlanta United. That's a big opportunity for soccer in Atlanta. And that's something that we've talked about with Lionel Messi in Major League Soccer. And and look, people are going to have their hot takes and people are going to fire off all kinds of things. And, you know, it's the nature of the business these days, right? 
in my opinion, Lionel Messi being in Major League Soccer is nothing but opportunity. It is an amazing thing for this league. It's an amazing thing for Inter-Miami, no doubt. It's an amazing thing for their uh, profit and loss sheet, for sure. But it's an opportunity for every team in the league to capitalize on the excitement. And Atlanta United's no different. Look, Atlanta United has the largest fan base in the league. They have the largest average attendance in the league. They can open the building up and and draw 60,000, 65,000 pretty comfortably, pretty easily. That's a credit to the soccer market. And yes, I truly do believe this is Soccer City USA, and it's only going to grow. But these kinds of events, they don't come about every week. They don't come about every month. They don't come about every year. This is a big deal to have Lionel Messi playing his first match in Atlanta. And it's a bigger deal than that Pelé visit in 1968 because it's a game that counts, and it's a game that matters, and it's a really important game for Atlanta United. It's a even more important game for Inter-Miami because they need to be near perfect to get into the postseason. They've done everything to help themselves since Messi and Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba and a few others have arrived. This is a good Inter-Miami team with all of the additions that they made. Everything fell into place for them. But this is a big game for Atlanta United as well. This is a team that is trying to get into the top four in the Eastern Conference. You want home field advantage in that first round best of three. If it comes down to a third game, you want that in your building. We've seen how Atlanta United is at home versus on the road, just like any other team in the league for the most part, except for Minnesota, which is just weird. This is a a team that wants to get into the top four. This is a team that I think should be in the top four. And, yes, they've dropped points that are keeping them out of the top four right now. And they dropped points in Dallas. That should have been a win, in my opinion, the way it worked out. Yes, after it got to 2-2, Dallas could have won it. Yes, I thought coming into that game I'd be happy with a point. I wasn't happy with the point because 2-1, where Atlanta got it to, it really felt like they should have won that game. Those are the kind of goals you can't give up. We've seen Miami score similar kinds of goals. The Messi goal in League's Cup against Atlanta United was not the same as Kamungo's goal for Dallas. But it's something Atlanta United has to be careful about, obviously, when you're playing against players the caliber of Busquets, of Messi, of Jordi Alba, and of the young U22s that Inter-Miami has added. Now let's get caught up on the Atlanta United roster front because it is an international break. Yorgos Yakimakis back in training today. He did not play the second game with Greece during the international break. Tiago Almada did not play the second game for Argentina. He played in a U23 closed-door friendly in Buenos Aires on Saturday. Actually captained the team. It was very cool for him to get that honor. Alan Velasco of Dallas scored a goal in that one. 2-1 win over Bolivia in that game. Tiago Almada did not make the trip to Bolivia. He arrived back in Atlanta today. Saba Lobjanidze, he did not play in Georgia's 2-1 loss today in Norway. So he did play in Game 1 for the Republic of Georgia, did not play today. He is en route to Atlanta. I don't know his travel plans exactly, but he will not have as many minutes on his legs as we thought he might have going into this break. Luis Abram starting tonight for Peru against Brazil. That is kicking off right about now in Lima. Keep you updated on that one as we go. But Luis Abram starting tonight. He started and played the full 90 in Peru's first game during the international break. In World Cup qualifying in South America. Yes, we're already into World Cup qualifying for the 2026 World Cup. Derek Etienne started on the bench tonight for Haiti against Jamaica on the road in Kingston in CONCACAF Nations League. Miles Robinson started for the U.S. Right now they're leading 2-0 in the 71st minute in Minnesota. Robinson did not play in the first game. Now, the big story today was Jamal Thierry arriving and training with the full team for the first time. He arrived on Sunday, had two days of individual sessions, joined the group today, Looked pretty good. It was an open training session. Uh, Not the most intense and longest session. It was a little bit early in the week, and you don't have your full complement of players right now. So it was a a session that I thought TRA looked good. He looked like he was trying to make an impression. Very good to see. We also had a chance to talk to him after the session. Um, 
he's working on the English. He actually understood pretty well. And look, it's it's so difficult, and I don't speak French. So I had a translator on site. Um, Jamal was really, I, I think, trying to get across one. He didn't really know about Atlanta United and about Atlanta and MLS before the opportunity came to him. But he was ready for a new challenge, and he was ready for – you know, a new part of the world. And that was something that, that kind of came across that, you know, he wanted a new experience in his life. And he's up for the challenge. He's ready for the challenge. I ask him, you know, where his fitness was. And, you know, I don't think he's going to be able to give you 90, but he said he can play on Saturday. If, if he's called upon, he's ready to go on Saturday. Can he give potentially, hopefully not needed, but could he give you potentially 10, 15 minutes? Yeah, I think that's reasonable. But he has not played since the end of the second division season in France in the spring, early summer. So got to get him up to speed. You're looking at him being an option off the bench late in games right now. That's what he can give you. And that might be all he can give you the rest of the way. He's got to build that fitness up. Did have another chance to talk to Caleb Wiley as well today. And I asked him about kind of the the – the adaptation for him playing back at left back where look, he came up as a left back. That part's not having to get used to a new position, but having to get used to maybe managing his workload a little bit. We've seen Caleb for his whole career. And you go back to Atlanta United too, when he debuted as a 15 year old, Caleb has been a player who has been able to run all day and, and make runs from the back all day until you get to this level. And, and the intensity's different and the challenge is different and he was at a point for a while there where it felt like Wiley could go about 60 maybe 70 minutes but he couldn't finish games that was something that Gonzalo Pineda wanted to see change not the primary reason why he's playing at left back but as a left back Gonzalo didn't want him to just bomb forward all day. He wanted him to pick his spot. So I asked Caleb kind of for a, a progress check about where that stands. I said that it felt like as the move has gone on since he moved back to left back, he is not making as many runs as he did getting forward. Even as when he first moved back to left back, I felt like he was still getting forward a lot. He's not making as many. In Dallas, he didn't make as many runs going forward but he picked his spots really well. I asked him for his thoughts on that transformation. Here's Caleb Wiley from Atlanta United's training session today. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, look, there, there's just been so many games, um, so I'm just really you know, choosing the right moments to go, um, making sure that I can last the whole game um, without you know, coming out as a sub. So I think just picking my, you know, the right times to go is important. Um, but you know, this next game I'm looking forward to to get up the field a lot more. Wiley's a teenager, and to hear him have that understanding of picking his spots and also managing his workload so he can handle what's to come. And what's to come this upcoming week is a game Saturday in front of 70,000-plus at the Benz. You're going to have all the adrenaline going, you can imagine. But then you got to turn around and play on Wednesday in D.C. and then come back and play Montreal the following weekend. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of minutes. He's got to be on the field for the majority of those. So picking his spots is very important. It's impressive to hear a young player get that and understand that he's needed on the field at his best for as long as he can be there and not burning energy when maybe he doesn't need to. Speaking of someone who didn't burn energy today, Lionel Messi. He did not play for Argentina in Bolivia. He made the trip. He wanted to be with the team as the team captain, but he did not play, was not on the bench, was not dressed. According to Teise Sports, he will fly straight to Miami from La Paz. Might be in the air right now. There were some unconfirmed reports of a right hamstring issue. Now, what Lionel Scaloni said after the match in La Paz was that Messi didn't feel comfortable yesterday, so they decided not to risk it. They, they did a training session yesterday. He did not really participate much in it. Um, he was standing with Scaloni for the most part. Uh, so Messi did not play in Bolivia. 
there is a concern about a possible injury. That came up after the game on Thursday against Ecuador and Buenos Aires. But again, it wasn't confirmed that he was hurt. There was a lot of, he's tired. He's played a lot of games here in a short period of time. He might need a break. There was a lot of that. There was never a full confirmation of an injury. So I think we're just kind of waiting to see what he's going to be able to do on Saturday. Not playing today, obviously, helps his chances of starting on Saturday. Um, that's a Miami problem. Honestly, like I know it's a big talking point, and I get it, and I understand it for a casual fan who maybe isn't as emotionally invested in Atlanta United and is going for the spectacle, and the spectacle would be Lionel Messi playing. I, look, I get it. I understand all that. But from an Atlanta United perspective, who cares? <laughs> like Honestly, it, it's up to Messi if he can go, and it's up to Miami to decide if they want to push him and be able to go in that game. And if he can, he can. If he can't, he can't. It's something you have to deal with. Diego Gomez is an injury concern as well. He was with the Paraguayan national team, and he did not play or dress out today with Paraguay, and it was talked about as an injury. That's a, that's a potentially big miss for Miami on Saturday. We'll find out about Messi. I'm sure it will be a talking point uh, the rest of the week in Fort Lauderdale. As Miami trains, as they speak to the media, I don't know their media availability. I would assume that Tata Martino would speak to the media on Thursday. We'll see what he has to say then. Now, Miami did find a way to win without Messi. They did have Sergio Busquets. They did have Jordi Alba. They won on Saturday at home against Sporting Kansas City. Conceding first, came all the way back to lead 3-1. They conceded again to make it 3-2. little nervy there at the end. Facundo Farias is the one who really worries me for Miami. We'll get into him a little bit more as the week goes on. Talk about it on stoppage time tomorrow as well on Facebook. 2 o'clock, Facebook Live with Mike Conti on the 92.9 The Game Facebook page. Stoppage time. You can also listen to it, as always, just like you can listen to AST and all of our soccer content on the Odyssey app and on Off the Woodwork, wherever you get your podcasts. So coming up next on AST in five minutes, it's going to be an update segment. South American World Cup qualifiers, Euro 2024 qualifying, African Cup of Nations qualifying, friendlies, all the things. We're going to get you caught up on all of it in five minutes on AST. We'll be right back on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When it comes to the world of soccer, we've got you covered. This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. This is the segment where we get caught up on everything happening during this international break, and honestly, everything happening over the last day or so. There are games going on right now. U.S. men's national team has stretched the lead to 4-0 over Oman up in Minnesota. First half goal from Fuller and Balogun. Brendan Aronson scored the second in the 60th minute. Ricardo Pepe made it 3-0 in the 79th. The fourth was an own goal created by a cross from Kevin Paredes in the 81st, and the U.S. is trying to add to this. There was a lot of consternation out there on the Bird app or the X app or whatever we're going to call the thing at this point because that's how hashtag USMNT Twitter slash X is. 3-0 over Uzbekistan in game one of this international break. And, yeah, two of the goals came in second-half stoppage time. Well, <laughs> Uzbekistan then comes to Atlanta and gets a 3-3 draw with Mexico where they were leading 2-1 at halftime, fell behind 3-2 after goals from Raul Jimenez and Uriel Antuna, and then they get a golazo in the 92nd minute to make it 3-3. And they rotated from game one to game two. This maybe wasn't even their best squad. Look, I, I get it. I, I think there is just a wild varying level of expectations of what the U.S. men's national team is expected to do in any given game. You have... One group of people who think that they're terrible and they can't play and they should lose to everybody. And you have another group that thinks they are the greatest thing ever and they should beat everybody and they should win the World Cup. And often people fluctuate between the two in the same 90 minutes. So it's very hard to follow. I probably would recommend muting the hashtag USMNT. Maybe for your own mental health. I've thought about it a few times. Maybe I've done it a few times. They're fine. You can like or not like Greg Berhalter based off whatever hashtags and, and whatever followers you want to get into there with what they've said. Greg Berhalter has done a fine job, I think, as the U.S. men's national team manager, and he shouldn't have lost his job over what happened after the World Cup. And the players wanted him back. And... He's back. And yes, there's pressure. I think there's more pressure now than it was the first cycle. Pressure starts with Copa America next year. Pressure's not because of these friendlies. A 3-0 win and a 4-0 win, and maybe it gets to 5, maybe it's 4-1. Who knows? That's not pressure. Pressure in the Copa America is to make a run and to look dangerous and to look competitive against not just the rest of the CONCACAF opponents, not just the lower-tier South American opponents, but against an Argentina, but against a Brazil. That's that's the pressure. I don't think they have to win Copa America for him to keep his job. I, I know people will create narratives for anything these days. No, that's not the case. You need to look like a team that is trending towards making a quarterfinal appearance in World Cup 2026 at a minimum, at a minimum. And, and look, I don't think he should come back after 26. I'm generally not a huge fan of a second cycle. I've been pretty consistent in that. I, I think we saw it with Bruce Arena. Oh, and we're going to talk about Bruce Arena. That's coming up in the 3-4-3. We saw it in his second cycle. I didn't think he was as good as the first cycle. I'm not even getting into the half cycle when he had to try to fix Jurgen Klinsmann's second cycle. That was a abysmal failure. And the hole had been dug, and Bruce Arena got his head out of the hole, and then it was like whack-a-mole, and he got knocked back into the hole by Trinidad and Tobago and Cuba and knocked us out of the 2018 World Cup. Not talking about that one. Bruce Arena going into 2006. The team was not as dangerous. 2002, they were great. Uh, 2014 for Jurgen, I didn't think was all that good, to be perfectly honest. Um, they got out of the group. Good for that. They were very defensive. They didn't play well. He didn't deserve a second cycle. He got it before they even got to the World Cup. I think this one's different, and the main reason why is the other options. I don't think there was an obvious this guy's definitely going to do better than what Greg Berhalter's done when you had the players who wanted Berhalter back. I, I just I don't think there was that, that solution. And you can say Thierry Henry, and I've seen people try to 
make the claim now that because Thierry Henry's won two games with France's U21s and friendlies that, oh, it's obvious that he would have been better. No, that's not true. He hasn't done well as a senior manager. We'll see what he does with France's U21s. Good spot for him to learn. But no, there's no obvious that he would have been better. Patrick Vieira is another name that came up. There's no obvious idea there that he would have been better. You compare them what they did at the club level, and I'm sorry, I think what Burhalter did in Columbus was more impressive than what Vieira did in New York City. So I just I think he's the best person that they could get for the job. And that's just real talk. He's still got pressure, and if it's an abysmal failure in the Copa America, he won't survive to 2026. But the idea of what abysmal failure is and the idea of what the expectation is it's, I think, where we get ourselves in trouble when we talk about this game in this country a lot of times. If the U.S. gets to a quarterfinal in 2026 in the World Cup, that's successful. That's a good tournament. How many times have we been to the quarterfinals in modern times? 1930, there were only 13 teams in the tournament. Yes, the U.S. got to a semifinal in 1930. If you can name me five players from that team, I'll be impressed without looking it up. I can't. You got to one quarterfinal in 2002, and frankly, should have got to the semifinal, or at least had the opportunity to get to the semifinal because it should have been a penalty and a red card uh, on Torsten Frings for the handball on the, on the goal line. Sorry, German fans, but that's just real talk once again. So, quarterfinals the mark. Yes, they're hosting, but if they get to the quarterfinals in 2026, that's a good tournament. That's the expectation. And I know Burhalter has said they want to make history, and that's good. That's what they should be saying. That should be the vision. But expectation and vision are two different things. Expectation, real and imaginary, are two different things. These are two games to start this new cycle, and they've been fine against two meh opponents. Let's see as business picks up how they look. It's gone final now, 4-0 over Oman. And let's see how they look going into the Copa America. Then we can judge where this team is under Greg Berhalter. But I don't think there was an obvious solution to hire somebody better, no matter what. Uh, Stephen FZ0524 has to say on the Bird app or the X app or whatever we're calling it these days. All right. South American World Cup qualifiers. Argentina talked about it earlier. They were in Bolivia. Lionel Messi didn't play. didn't matter. They are the only team right now with six points in the bag. They won 1-0 on Messi's free kick against Ecuador. They won 3-0 today in La Paz. Enzo Fernandez was outstanding in the match. He opened the scoring. First time Argentina ever had a 2-0 lead at halftime in La Paz, ever. And the first time they finished with a clean sheet in La Paz since 1973, 50 years ago not easy to get results like that in La Paz. Argentina was able to get it done. Also today, Ecuador and Uruguay. You heard Nino Torres on the show last week. He said that Uruguay was going to be a contender to win the qualification process in South America. Well, they feel a little hard done by after this one. They lost 2-1 in Ecuador. Felix Torres, the center back from Santos Laguna in Liga MX, he scored both the goals for Ecuador. Moises Caicedo was outstanding in the midfield. Uruguay had a big win in the match they won. They didn't get anything out of this. But, and you can go watch the replays. They're all over the internet. They could have had a second half stoppage time penalty. They probably should have had that second half stoppage time penalty. Uh, goalkeeper trucked somebody inside the six-yard box. Should have been a penalty. Should have had the opportunity to make it 2-2. They pull a point out of that. Then Uruguay would have one of the most impressive starts to South American World Cup qualifying. Venezuela, they needed to get something out of this. They were hosting Paraguay. It was Joseph Martinez versus Miguel Almiron for the first time since they spent some time here in Atlanta. However, it wasn't either one of them that decided it. It was Venezuela's Solomon Rondon from the spot in the 93rd minute that won it for Venezuela. Now, Nino last week also, in addition to saying that Uruguay would be one of the favorites, he said that Paraguay would not make it to 2026. That surprised me a little bit. I wasn't, wasn't expecting that. Well, they're winless in their first two. They have not scored in their first two. It's not looking good under Guillermo Barros Escaloto right now. 
and it's not looking good for our boy Miggy in Paraguay. They lose in Venezuela. I think right now if you're you're a betting person and you're thinking about juice boxes, the three teams that will not make it to even the playoff out of the South American World Cup qualifiers, it's not crazy to think that Paraguay would be among them, along with Venezuela and along with Bolivia. Now, Chile and Colombia, that is going on right now. That has gone final. Chile and Colombia have drawn nil-nil. That has just gone final. And also a score update that has just happened. Brazil in Lima has taken a 1-0 lead on Peru. Richarlison with the goal. Bruno Guimaraes with the assist. 29th minute goal for Brazil. They are in the 34th, and it's 1-0 Brazil. Brazil wins. They would be perfect along with Argentina, which is what you would expect in the South American World Cup qualifiers. Now, quickly bouncing over to Europe, they are doing qualifiers for Euro 2024. In a friendly today, because they didn't have a qualifier, Scotland and England, England is all but qualified. Scotland is all but qualified. They lead Group A. The battle there is Spain and Norway. They'll play in the next window. Spain's got a two-point advantage. The Netherlands and Greece, they're battling it out for the second spot in Group B. France right now has the lead there. They're going to play in the next window. That'll be a huge game for Yorgos Yakimakis. Italy, they jumped Ukraine. Big win today in Milan, 2-1. Croatia and Turkey leading Group D. Albania leading Group E. That's one of the biggest surprises, maybe along with Poland being on sixth and in fourth place there. Belgium and Austria, full control of Group F. Hungary and Serbia, two-point advantage on Montenegro in Group G. Group H is absolute chaos in Europe. Slovenia and Denmark both on 13 points. Finland and Kazakhstan both on 12. Two qualify automatically. There is a playoff format involving UEFA Nations League results. That's a whole nother comp you know, conversation and complication. But Group H, four teams separated by one point, two will go. Switzerland leading Group I, they got 14 points. Romania is in second with 12. Israel is right behind them with 11. Portugal's going to qualify. They've been great in Group J. Slovakia has a three-point advantage on Luxembourg. <laughs> Luxembourg is trying to get to their first-ever finals. They're only three points back going for that second spot. Now, also in Africa, in the AFCON qualifiers that completed today, last spot was on the table, Cameroon. They booked it. They got there with a 3-0 win over Burundi today in Cameroon. Mentioned the Mexico score, 3-3. I'm sure there will be lots of conversations about that. And again, just to finish the point that I started with, I understand some people didn't want to see Burhalter come back. I think some of the criticism of Burhalter has been so far over the top, it's not even funny. But if you want to look at a national team fan base that is going to be complaining and has, I think, a valid right to, it's going to be Mexico after a 3-3 draw with Uzbekistan tonight, especially watching what the U.S. did to Uzbekistan a couple days ago. Coming up next, three local stories, four world headlines, three things that make me smile about this game that we love so much. The 3-4-3 is up next in 5 on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with the 343. 343. Three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back. Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9, the game, and the Odyssey app. Make sure you're subscribed to Off the Woodwork wherever you get your podcasts. That's how you get all of our on-demand comment, like AST, like stoppage time, like other interviews that we have during the week when Atlanta United players, coaches, front office staff make appearances on 92.9 The Game. You can hear that all off the woodwork wherever you get your podcasts. You guys know by now, this is the 343, three local stories, four headlines, and three things that make me smile about this game that I love so much. Let's start with the local side. Let's start with Atlanta United 2. And what a game in Huntsville on Sunday. I had the absolute pleasure of making it over there. I called Chattanooga's women's game against Belmont 2 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday at Finley Stadium. It was a really good game, actually. Uh, Chattanooga was really impressive and Belmont's goalkeeper kept the minute with 13 saves, and a couple of them were really good saves. But Chattanooga got the 3-1 win, said my goodbyes, got in the car, drove down to Huntsville, got there 45 minutes before kickoff. We started our broadcast on the Soccer Down Here Network at 6.45, so 30 minutes after I arrived. Got everything rolling, and it was a really good game. It was one of those that started at a pretty good level of intensity, Atlanta and Huntsville battling out for the last playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Huntsville came in with a seven-point lead on that. Atlanta absolutely has to be perfect to get to the MLS Next Pro playoffs, and they need some help. They won last week over Cincinnati. They gave up a goal right before the half, got one back early in the second half, Machope Chol and Luke Brennan combining Chol with the goal. And then it just kept escalating in terms of intensity, in terms of opportunities. It felt like Huntsville was going to find that winner that the twos have given up a lot this season. They didn't, and it didn't settle at a 1-1 either. It didn't go to a penalty shootout. This is what it sounded like with me on the call in Huntsville uh, as Karim Tamimi and Jackson Conway made a little magic. Left side to Firmino. Overlapping run from Tamimi. Firmino spins back inside. Drops it back. Gajardo whacked from behind by Pearson. Advantage played. Tamimi with a cross. Conway header. Goal! 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 Atlanta United 2! Jackson Conway with the header! A miracle for Atlanta! An absolute miracle for Atlanta! Look, I... I don't know if I should be impressed or not that uh, the photographer <laughs> that that went with us, Liz, and, and was taking pictures on the field with all of this, after the players stopped yelling, she said she could hear me yelling. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, it's what happened, okay? It was a huge moment. I was so happy for Jackson and for Karim, who had just given everything that they had in this game. I didn't think they were going to be able to finish it. Somehow they got it done, and they get the win. So they come back home on Sunday against Inter-Miami 2 with an opportunity to stay alive in the next pro playoffs. Uh, they need some help before they play on Sunday. Then they need to beat Inter-Miami 2, who's the last-place team in the Eastern Conference. And then they'll have an opportunity on decision day to make something special happen. We'll just have to wait and see. But what a night for the twos. And if you ever wonder, one, yes, you should go to see the twos play. And two, if you ever wonder why it matters, it's games like that. It's moments like that. Luke Brennan, who's going to be on the first-team roster next year, uh, he got cleaned out on a play to keep them alive 
late, had to come out of the game, knows he's going to get hit, has to get to the ball to knock it forward and try to create an opportunity, wins the ball, gets absolutely clobbered and knocked out of the game. But those are the things that you have to do as a professional, right? Those are the things you have to learn. Sean Lanza, as an academy player in this game, I thought it was the best game that he's played for Atlanta United, too. I thought he was absolutely great. Noah Cobb, best game I've seen from him this season. He shut down Azad Liadi, who's one of the best players in the league. These are the performances that you have to get. These are the experiences that you have to have to become top-flight contributors. And that's what Atlanta United 2 is trying to create. Absolutely great night on Sunday. Number two on the local side, UGA. The women's team has gotten into the top 25, and they're going to host number seven unbeaten Alabama in their SEC opener on Thursday in Athens. It's the first time UGA has been ranked and faced a fellow ranked team since 2014. They drew 1-1 with number nine Clemson on Sunday. They won last Thursday in Statesboro over Georgia Southern 1-0. Number three, speaking of rankings, Emory's men and women also earned NCAA D3 national rankings this week. They're preparing for their conference schedules to start soon. North Georgia's women got into the top 25 for NCAA Division II schools. And Clayton State's men got some votes in that poll as well. They should be ranked. That team is going to be really, really good. Columbus State got some votes on the women's side as well. They made a good run last season. So keep an eye on all of them. I'll be back on the call for Kennesaw State on Thursday as they get their conference started. A Sun opener against North Alabama. You can watch that on ESPN+. Plus. All right, headlines from around the world. We're going to start closer to home up in Foxborough and try to make sense of what's going on with the New England Revolution. We've been trying to make sense of this for six weeks. It has taken a multitude of turns over the past couple of days. It took a multitude of turns over the last day. The timeline that Tom Bogert of The Athletic posted a little while ago, it's beyond hilarious. This would literally be an episode. Ted Lasso wouldn't do this episode. It'd be an episode of Dream Team, if you remember that show that used to air on Fox Soccer Channel. Uh, I can't remember what network. I want to say Sky? I can't remember what network it aired on in the UK, but it was on Fox Soccer Channel, and it was just the most ridiculous soap opera set around a soccer club. This is what it's turning into. So according to Tom Bogert's timeline from today's activities, now Saturday night, Bruce Arena resigned. That was announced right before the Revs posted the score graphic for the 1-1 final in Minnesota. Like, literally, it was statement, Bruce Arena's resigned. Couple minutes, a couple seconds later, 1-1 draw, final score. Just chaos. The story that The Athletic had a few hours before that resignation came out talked about Richie Williams, talked about Kurt Anolfo, talked about the two of them contributing to the investigation that Major League Soccer has been doing for six weeks about why Bruce Arena was on administrative leave. We never really heard much about that. Richie Williams has been an assistant of Bruce Arena's at three different stops. He played for him at Virginia and at D.C. United. Kurt Anolfo had three, I mean, pretty big failures as a MLS head coach. He didn't finish the season in three different places. He didn't finish his first season in three different places. He was brought into New England. These are guys who have been Bruce's guys. It came out that they might not be back next year, and Bruce had signed an extension. Well, then this happens. Now, we don't know what's going on because there's a lot of radio silence here. So at 8.40 today, this is after the team gets back, probably first training session since they get back from the draw in Minnesota. In the meeting, the players, the president of the club, HR, it's all about what happened with Bruce Arena. What's the, what's the situation? The players, an hour later, were not happy with the, the, the time they got. They requested more time. They wanted to talk to the entire coaching staff. That's at 940. At 1140, players still not happy with the lack of information. They don't practice. New England had a press conference at 1230. It was originally scheduled for noon. Carlos Hill was supposed to be on. He wasn't on. Richie Williams talked about things that ultimately don't come out to be true about how everything happened, how the team didn't train, what the decisions were. 3 o'clock, the Athletic reported on the day's events. 
players not trusting Richie Williams, his future being in doubt, issues with Richie Williams and other assistants on the staff, Shalry Joseph and Dave Vandenberg. 7.45 tonight, New England announced that Richie Williams is not the interim manager anymore. It's Clint P.A. who had been managing Revolution 2 in MLS Next Pro. And Shalry Joseph and Vandenberg have departed the club immediately, and we don't know what's next for Richie Williams. Tomorrow, Brian Biello, the president of the team, and Kurt Anolfo, who is the technical director, and he's been kind of interim in that role, they're going to speak to the media tomorrow. Uh, okay. I still don't have a clue what's going on. And, and the players are not happy about this, and they didn't train today. It's just absolute chaos. Number two on the headlines. Let's stay in MLS. LAFC, they've lost three in a row after falling to Portland on Saturday night. And, yes, they are in a decent playoff spot in the West, but the West is chaos. The West is absolutely nuts. You've got St. Louis on top. You've got Seattle in second place. Four points separate second place Seattle and eighth place San Jose, which is the top wildcard spot. Four points. 41 to 37. That's not much. LAFC is in that jumble. Austin and Portland are on 33, one point behind Dallas, who's in the, the, the last wild card spot. Kansas City, they needed something out of that Miami game. They didn't get it. They're two points behind Dallas. LA Galaxy, four points behind Dallas. The East isn't a whole lot better. Miami's win Saturday night, that puts them six points behind D.C. They could not beat San Jose at home on Saturday night, so it's six points between D.C. and Miami. However, Chicago, two points back. Charlotte, three points back. NYC, four points back. Red Bulls, five points back. You get to Miami in 14th place on 28 points. Musical chairs. It's only going to get worse. Buckle up. Number three on the headlines, Paul Pogba. He has been provisionally suspended after testing positive for a banned substance, according to Italy's National Anti-Doping Tribunal. Now, they are going to do a follow-up test, and they are going to check all this out, but he's only played like eight games for Juventus and Serie A since joining them before last season. Didn't play in the last World Cup. He's got to wait on the results of the B sample. His agent says that he didn't want to break the rules and, and didn't intentionally take anything that was against the rules. Uh, tested positive for testosterone. It's not looking good for Paul Pogba at this point. Number four, it's also not looking good, thankfully, for Luis Rubiales, the former now, and I said former president of the Royal Spanish Football Federation, the RFEF. He finally resigned um, for his unsolicited kiss on Jenny Hermoso, for his behavior at the final, which saw him grabbing his nether regions, kissing other players. He was suspended from all activity by FIFA for 90 days. That was all they could do as they carried out their investigation. He resigned and said that he did this because he didn't want to avoid or he didn't want to create any further issue for Spanish football um, as they're trying to get the 2030 World Cup. Now, FIFA's investigation could lead him to be banned for 15 years. Hopefully, yes. Uh, he could end up doing jail time, but it would probably be a suspended sentence because he hasn't been found guilty of any of this stuff in his past. Well, you know, Spain, the defending Women's World Cup champions, they start the Women's Nations League on September 22nd. They visit top-ranked Sweden. Spain beat Sweden in the World Cup semifinals. All right, we're going to finish with three things that make me smile about this game that I love so much. Number one... I talked about it before, but just the fight from Atlanta United to on Sunday night in Huntsville, that's what you want to see out of a young team. That's what we haven't seen enough of out of this team on a regular basis. When you start to have that belief factor in, it's just amazing to see for a team. It was wonderful to see. I, I'm just begging people to get out to Kennesaw on Sunday. 7.30 kick, Atlanta United 2, home finale against Inter-Miami 2. Go support these young guys. They are going to represent Atlanta United, quite a few of them, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Maybe later this season, maybe next season, maybe a few years down the line. This is the future of the club. Support these guys. Number two, great word out of Greenville Triumph up in South Carolina. They are launching a unified team for next season. I believe they're the first USL team in the region to launch a unified team. They might be the first in USL League One across the nation to do it. Uh, such a great program. I've seen it firsthand with Atlanta United. It's one of my favorite things I get to do for the club is call the Unified Games. 
and seeing their reactions to winning in Dallas a couple of weeks ago, it's such a valuable part of a club. It's such a valuable part of giving back to the community. Really cool to see Greenville launch that. Number three, speaking of things in the community, really cool to see the Atlanta United Community Fund open three new mini pitches as part of the GA100 campaign, all in Gwinnett County, all this month. It was through a grant to Upper 90, which is a nonprofit that empowers children in unserved, underserved communities through the platform of soccer by providing mentoring and after-school soccer programming. They refurbished a couple of mini pitches in the Clarkston area, and they built a brand new one in Loganville. That program is transformational in the communities that it serves. It's also transformational for the sport in the city of Atlanta and beyond. I love seeing what the Arthur and Blank Family Foundation, what the Atlanta United Community Fund, what LISC and all the other partners that are involved in it are doing to grow the game. Thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. Don't forget, we are on Tuesdays now with Atlanta Soccer tonight, 10 o'clock. That will be the rest of the calendar year of 2023. Also, don't forget stoppage time tomorrow, 2 o'clock, on the 92.9 The Game Facebook page. Myself, Mike Conti, will get deep into Atlanta and Miami and all the different possible permutations of what we will see in a sold-out Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Saturday night. 7 o'clock for the pregame, 7.39 for the kickoff. Cannot wait. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Adios, everybody. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.